Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It has great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and so much more awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. Why, you ask? Because I'll tell you, it's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast now, delivered in as quick as two hours, and it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. Discover the most popular same-game parlays each day, right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against all odds so they know I sent you. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Joining you on a Friday morning, the last podcast of the week. Spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knob. Babyface Joel Solomon is producing this mess of a show. And with me. My wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, brother, Brian, Darren, the parlor kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? Boy, this week flew, huh? We saw each other. We all saw each other. It's rare when we're all in the same room for Harry's wedding. The rehearsal dinner was a week ago. My God, Harry. And you're still married from what I hear? I am. And it was a week ago when I gave your mother, your sister, and your wife all gummies. It was all a week right, ago Harry. today. All right. You don't what, have to what, start it off like that. Look again. I don't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Is anybody- yeah it's a, a week ago when you're It's whole- not a thing anymore, Harry. Just right. Like, I know. Oh, man, Darren, just let yeah. it go. Darren, you're old. You're old, Darren. That's like, Darren, that's, you're like, old. that's like me saying I gave my kids pieces of gum today. I know. Not really. Yeah, we get it. Harry, you and all your friends out there and relatives are drug addicts. And you gummy gum. And you gave my family family a little something okay it was darren, a party. You're, you're getting old darren you're getting old you're getting my god yeah, sounds like old. you're getting i'll old. tell you i'm still yeah. I'm, I'm still feeling a little sick from all the food uh is it the food uh, yeah, yeah definitely uh, the pe- we had a nice pizza time and everything was great but i still feel I, sick I, I must i must th- i was thinking about this uh yesterday harry has said more nice things about megan morant this week than he said about his wife <laughs> <laughs> have you guys noticed that that's a fact that is a fact it we've, really already is, exchanged, we've already exchanged many texts this morning, there. Yeah, see, this is, there we go. What's going on, Harry? What are you doing? <laughs> I keep uh, refreshing TMZ to see if you've gotten divorced or not. But, uh, <laughs> very strange. And then you're uh, complimenting Eddie Spaghetti. You're all drooling all over him. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Taking a page out of your wife's brother's book. I don't know what's going on there. All right. But anyway, listen. <laughs> Listen, I'm not, you're not going to get me down. Mets had a huge comeback win yesterday. Down six, uh, they score seven in the ninth. How about that? Congrats. How about that? Congrats. That is impressive. something else, Sal. Something else. That is impressive. 857 consecutive losses by MLB clubs when trailing by six runs or more in the ninth. The Mets' biggest comeback in 25 years. They beat the Expos. That was it. It was a call wow. ever. It had a grand slam. They beat the uh, and I checked on Fandle. Someone collected fifteen to one odds, brother Bry. It was yeah, as high as sixty to one. I was gonna uh, say some, fifteen to one, but at what point did they get that right? Because they if, must have got it when they were down like four or something. Or yeah, three if you're, or if you're down, yeah. if you're down, you know, if you're down six there, or whatever. Like th- those odds have to be much better than that. Yeah, it never happens. So I, yeah, I heard it got as high as sixty to one. Meanwhile, a couple hundred miles away, the Yankees are getting drunk, making fools of themselves at a Rangers game. Judge LeMayu. Mets are serious about baseball. Yankees aren't. I, I don't know. I don't know, Paula <laughs> kid. You should be worried about Judge. There's a reason they don't pay him. Guy's gonna be uh it's gonna be found passed out in an alley behind Applebee's uh, in Times Square. Uh, Judge that's is too happens. busy giving autographs to kids, maybe. That that's about <laughs> the only thing he's too busy doing. 
<laughs> you hated it. You hate when the Yankees mix with the Rangers. You're a lifelong Islanders fan. It's uh, well, I, and then the, the beer. Rangers. Well, look, let's face it. The Rangers are taking a page from the Islanders, and what the Islanders done have done in the playoffs the last few years is mm-hmm. having a little bit of a celebrity row. I and see. having some of these professional athletes there chugging beers. Totally copied it from the Islanders. But, you know, if the Rangers, it's been a while since they've been in the playoffs. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they're kind of figuring things out still. So I want to get to that in a second. The Rangers tie. Eddie's, Eddie Spaghetti's Rangers, even the Sears. I want to talk about that for a second. Oh, yeah. Brother Bry, you continued. ExtraPoints.com. Uh, this is where these guys, the degenerate trifecta, give their free picks every single day. Bry, you, uh, it's almost too easy. You went against the Reds yesterday, and now this is – 20 out of 21 they've lost and 19 by two or more runs. Is that what yeah. goes on? Yeah, that's the thing, right? So they've, uh, the run line, you've been like, I know yesterday, I think maybe, maybe the run line was maybe minus a minus, but for most of this stretch, right? A lot of these run lines have been like plus 140, plus 135, plus 150, uh, betting against the Reds here. And yeah, they've gone 19 of the 21 games they've lost by two or more. Now they play. That's insane. Well, we'll, we'll see with Joel's team. They play the Pirates now this weekend. So we'll see well, how, the Pirates, how bad the Pirates are. Joel, what's the Pirates payroll? Because the Reds are like 117 million. They're not. I, I think it's still low, probably 25th in the league, 24th. But good Lord, they're three and 22. This is the worst stretch I could remember, right? Joel, what is it? What is their, uh, what's the Pirates payroll? Do you have that handy? I mean, it's definitely lower than, um, like $65,000 or something. It's lower lower than the extra points (laughs) payroll. That's for sure. Um, but no, I mean, brother Brad's right. They have the worst, uh, the Reds right now, worst run differential through 25 games since, uh, 1900 minus 87. Only, uh, only, only worse. The, 2010 Pirates at minus 89. So wow, some, makes uh, sense. I would have makes some sense of the more the recent teams. Yeah, more. although the Pirates made the yeah they made the playoffs like three years in a row somehow that wild card game. All right, let's get to Eddie's Rangers. Good job, Spaghetti. You even the series. Um, lots of controversy, boy. I could watch you and Sheck going back and forth on text and on Twitter. It's the best part of my night. I really hope this goes 13 games. Uh, the Rangers now minus 152 for the series. Game three is Saturday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I hope they went in five. I'm sure if that's still feasible, but I think the, you know, you knew the range are going to come out really high with a chip on their shoulder after the way they were robbed in game one, but maybe a blessing in disguise because they didn't go to overtime. They would have never had the opportunity to, to uh, play Louis Domingue, who's now going to be the starting goaltender going forward. So anytime you get an AHL goaltender, uh, as your opponent, it's pretty good. But I, I just like the way the Rangers are playing. I know the Pens are still banged up. Rangers are slightly banged up, but they're, they just don't have the physicality. They cannot win the puck battles in the corner. And I think uh, Igor is going to have one of those games where he totally stands on his head, potentially shuts them out. Uh, that's our ace in the hole. So I feel really good, even though they're going to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Wait, I- Igor's playing after that? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Holy smoke. Yeah, stand oh on gosh. his head or laying on his back. What? Spaghetti. Well, that's what he this has to do. This is one of the things... You know, it's funny because you say the Pittsburgh's not physical enough, but then you and Damashek argue about how dirty they are for being uh, overly well, aggressive. I, but I think that play by I, Jeff yeah. Carter with uh, a few minutes left in the game down and how many goals they were down to, to skate hard uh, into yeah. a goaltender. It's an unwritten rule. You stay away from the goaltender. He didn't want to abide by that. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing. If you skate hard after the whistle and you and you ice the goaltender, you spray him with your, you know, and you stop short with your skates, like mm. you're going to get hit in the face after doing that. So obviously running into the goaltender uh, is is a little bit insane that late in the game. And Carter has, you know, some problems of his own. But uh, Dave wants to make fun of that. I mean, like, I don't know why he brings up Sidney Crosby on Twitter 
from stuff from de- decades ago. And I know that if Ryan Reeve took a run at uh, Domingue or DeSmith or whoever's in the, the net for them, like he would have been flipping out, calling the Rangers dirty. So it's just, to me, hmm. it's just unnecessary. And Gerard Gallant said it best. He said like that point of the game didn't need to happen. It just, it was totally avoidable. Well, let me, let me tell you something real quick before you jump in here, Paul, I kid about un- unwritten rules. Unwritten rules also dictate when you're down six in the ninth inning, you put your bats down and your gloves down and you look forward right. to the next game. That's right. what we did with an unwritten rule. Right, Barley Kid? Uh, that's why you run up the score anytime you have a chance to. Just run it, just run it up. Who cares? Keep playing until yeah. the, the, it's over. But I do have to, to say, Shesterskin laid on the eye. Like, really, he really was laying there like someone threw a grenade yeah, through his that, chest. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. But look, <laughs> this is the same thing Dave said about the Islanders a few years ago against Pittsburgh. Oh, the Islanders played boring. They were too boring. They were too physical. Trotz's game was... Not good right. for the NHL. It was the same stuff he's saying now. Uh, but again, it's partly because the Rangers just copied the Islanders, really, in terms of the style of play, learning that this is how you got to win hockey games. But Eddie, to me, is a much bigger fan of the Rangers than Dave is. Of the Ooh, I don't Rangers. know. <laughs> I don't know. No, he's a bigger I agree. fan. I agree. He's a bigger fan. Know. He's a I bigger fan. I, I, he is. He is. I will Eddie, really. I mean, Eddie I, lives. Eddie lives and dies with this stuff. I don't know <laughs> if I could say the same thing with Dave. Well, I, Dave Eddie's is a right fan. I will say, Dave, and I brought up the Islanders thing too. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You talk about grit and everything. You did the same thing with the Islanders last right. year when they pushed you around a little bit. And he's like, you know what? It's too emotional being a hockey fan. He's like, I, I because everybody's fan. It's different in basketball and baseball. You, you, you're a fan of a team. You think you're getting ripped off on every call. You think the other team is being over overly aggressive. It is kind of true. And he and Hench pointed out it's it's just a it's so scatterbrained of a of because you could be you could have uh, three shots on goal and then four seconds later on your you're on your heels right. It's just it's too crazy spaghetti. So I'm gonna give both Eddie and Dave. Uh, Credit here and all, all you hockey well, fans. One last thing I wanted to bring up yeah. too, and not to, I'm not trying to rag on Dave at all. Dave's not the one on the ice calling the <laughs> stuff and like we're Twitter battles, whatever. I, I'm not bothered by that. What bothers me in like the Igor laying down thing, Jeff Carr, I'm not ultra mad about that. The biggest concern has been the inconsistency with the refereeing in this series. And everyone always says like, oh, <laughs> See? playoff, playoff hockey, the rest swallow their whistles. It's like, well, they're really not. And then like the the Rangers came into that last game. It was like six to one in power play opportunities. I think the Rangers got one more in the game. I mean, it just that that to me is the is the huge issue, which like it, this series has been so chippy and it leads to stuff like that with Jeff Carter. If the refs just put their foot down earlier on in the series, it would have been a totally different thing. Like, I just want I don't want to be, keep talking about the referees because I, hockey, especially playoff hockey is the one sport where they're never really a factor. And now you're like, right. what is go- what is going on here? I don't want to he- keep seeing like these bogus calls and like they had to give the Rangers a makeup call. It was pretty bad. It's, it's bad on both sides. So I just want like a clean game, get the refs out of it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I love it. I love, I Eddie, love you two going back out. I have to say it was tense in the studio, Parlay Kid, yesterday with Dave and, and, uh, and Spaghetti. And until we p- picked out of the cap of consequences. So the way this plays out, Spaghetti, <laughs> if the Rangers... Lose this series, Sheck cuts your hair. If the Rangers win this series, you get to shoot, uh, I think, like a street hockey ball on Sheck and what we're calling holy goalie. I think he's dressed as a priest. Um, oh. and you're gonna get you're gonna shoot a, a hockey a street hockey ball on him, right? Or a few Ooh. of them. Yeah, I'm um, uh, that you know hockey ball, you know fruit, maybe a fruit of the year. I could shoot at him yeah, too. Yeah, a couple we'll, of few <laughs> items, and uh, <laughs> a couple of wristers, and, and he could borrow uh, Tony's outfit from Harry's wedding. Uh, and then there you go. That. Yeah, maybe Harry will supply some gummies out of the goodness of his what heart. About one of Dave's famous yeah. donuts that he likes, Eddie. Why not one of those too? 
It's a donut. Right. Aficionado. Yeah, a stale, a stale donut is probably harder than the street yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how much you like the apple, the envy apple, when it's uh, and splits your nose. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know what? We have Eddie Olchek on. Oh, legend, playoff hockey analyst, TNT, lead race analyst with NBC. This is a Super Bowl week. We're going to talk to, uh, Kentucky Derby. You know what? Maybe we'll ask him, Eddie, about your theory that the Pens get uh, preferential treatment. I, you would ask him when he comes on. I would, li- I would well. like that. Yes. All right, we'll solve it right there. Harry, you you were uh, took one of his tickets. What did you do? How do you know Eddie Olchek? Uh, when I used to work in Vegas before I got banned, um, I, I worked at Red Rock, and he uh, he used to come in and bet horses all the time there. So uh, mm. I knew him for years. He came in many times. Maybe he got I, you banned. I, we'll have to ask him. Maybe he couldn't put up with your shenanigans. Eddie trying, loves me. Trying to get all the uh, all the clients high there as they walked in. Uh, all right. So <laughs> we have Eddie O. We'll have our, we're going to have our own Kentucky Derby selections. Our underdog pick. We have a new sponsor. Excited about that. Sharp Tank. Um, let's settle in with the NBA. Let's first review last night's games. Oh, wait, there are none because the NBA scheduling's a joke. It's an so absolute bad. joke. So bad. There were no Thursdays, May, no Thursday games, May 5th, but there are Friday games and through the weekend. And so now this heat line, the heat go to the Sixers, the heat are up two nothing and they're favored. They're a one point favorite. 210 is the over under. Wow. It's been jumping around 209 and a half, 211, 210 now. I don't know. I'm not sure why I haven't taken a shine to this heat team. I mean, I like Jimmy Butler as a player and as a NBA personality. They're not like a full of shit 13 seed that got lucky and made it in at 53 wins. They're a one seed. They go to the finals in 2020. They have like last game, they had nine players with five points or more. They had five and double figures. Maybe that's it. Parley kid, maybe because they spread it out too much. I don't like it, but um, the fact that they do spread it out, I think hurts their game. Uh, in game three, Embiid is out and probably for the rest of the way. So the series is likely over, but game three is going under. It went over in game two, but four of the previous five between these two have gone under. Some of those role players, all the depot, Caleb Martin, Omer, you're saving. I don't even, has anyone analyzed this game and brought up Omer, you're saving? I, I don't think so, but I think those guys don't score at all. Um, Philly could win, but you don't get the free free throws from Embiid at the line, which is the Heat's Achilles heels defensively. They're 27th in free throw points or defensive foul efficiency, whatever it's called. 103-100 final. Parlay kid, you're going Heat money line here. Yes, I'm taking the Heat money line. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, even after a terrific performance by Maxi, who I had as the high score for that game at plus 380 the other night, Sal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they can get much better performances than this from those type of players. Harden just looks like he cannot, you know, he cannot really do much with this great Heat defense. They're just, it's just a game for the Heat. Uh, they just play too intense of a game for mm-hmm. the Sixers to handle. They're an in your face type of team. And I don't think the Heat are a team that wants to waste a game here. I think they just want to get this over with and move on. They're not playing any games. They want to take advantage of Embiid still being out. They don't want to be down 2-1. Maybe, you know, he shows up one of these games and plays. So let's roll with the Heat. Give the points, okay? And Heat's win this game. So I think might be close for a half. Heat pull away again. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's so funny. I'm looking at Harden's over-under 20 and a half. So now he leads this team. And it wasn't long ago when he led other teams. And his over-under for a game like this would be, what, 29? 
Probably oh, 28 and well, a half, uh, something like well, that. Well, was it the More? Rockets? Probably like low 30, 31. Really? Low 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Well, I mean, that, that was not long ago. I mean, he yeah. had those stretches where, remember, where he was scoring like upper 30s. Right. I mean, that was regular season, I guess. Oh, you stuff. couldn't touch the under. No. Now it's like, yeah, 20 and a half. How's that going to happen? Yeah. Uh, Polly Kid, so you're, you're going money line, which is minus 118. Some people might say just give the one and pay minus 110. It's the age old thing. Is it worth eight cents? Um, but I know you don't want to worry about uh, being up four and there's a dumb three at the buzzer. So you'll you'll pay the extra, little extra, right? Yeah, it's, that's really not, yeah, because it's really the same to me. It's fine. All right. There you go. What the hell? It's only, we'll always have money, right? All right, Harry, uh, you'll always have this two plus steals bet. You love this bet. <laughs> I do like it. I'm going to take Jimmy Butler. He's been fantastic in the playoffs. I'm going to take him two plus steal, two or more steals at minus 136. Uh, he's averaging two and a half steals in the playoffs, six straight games, six straight games, two or more he's had. And four of his last five games against Philly, he's had at least two steals. Give me Butler, two plus steals. All right. And brother Brian, you're going over points. Yeah, I'm going over to, uh, Tobias Harris over 16 and a half. Um, well, this Ooh, the, went down, huh? Well, yeah. Well, you know what the thing is, right? Um, all these lines went down because they now don't yeah. know the status of Embiid right now. It's like optimistic he may play, which obviously, oh, that- which drops down these lines. Well, that's what I was saying. It's it's crazy. We don't really know what's happening, but I still, right. I still like him regardless at 16 and a half. One of the things we learned from, from game two is that the only people who could really score on this team were Maxie and Harris. And, you know, even even if Embiid does come back, 16 and a half is low enough where, you know, I think he averaged in the last series, he's averaged 21 points per game, even with Embiid playing. He's averaged 24 per game in this in this series so far. You know, he's one of the, you know, he can knock down an open three if he needs to. He could also create his own to get some points. I just, normally this is a, at least 17 and a half. It's even, even when Embiid plays, this number has been 18 and a half before, maybe even 19 and a half. So I think at 16 and a half, I think uh, he's definitely one of the more reliable scorers for this team. Did they just start that talk up this morning? Like, because he was definitely out. Was and just, now they're saying he no, might throw a mask they, on they and play. Said, or they he's, said he was out. And then all of a sudden, like an hour ago, they said optimistic. I guess he cleared concussion. Pro- yeah, cleared uh, protocol, still listed as out. They yeah. said he's upgraded to doubtful. Whatever that. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. So he's he's not playing. I yeah. don't think. I mean, I don't think he's playing. Dave? Who knows? We've seen crazier things. You know, once you're upgraded to doubtful, I mean, questionable you're in, right? Doubtful, questionable you give it a run. Doubtful, it's like, oh man, now now people expect me to play. It's a weird psychological thing, even though he's probably not playing. But I, we're, yeah, we're going to assume he's not playing. All it, these totals to are going back. We've seen some weird shit over the years in the NBA with this. Yeah, I mean, there this could go. be a Willis Reed moment. You know, if people yeah. go nuts, he comes out. You know, I, it could be. Who knows? We'll see. Well, listen, the series is likely over if he doesn't play and then they lose this game. I mean, I know I'm not saying much. If they go down three nothing, they're not starting him in game four when when we think that at least so this is this is the, what we have to decide does he have six more games in him or five more games in him or or is it over i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do all right uh, on the west side well it's just nice to have games on, on a playoff day uh dallas now here's what's weird i don't know i don't ever remember the half the half point harry do you no i don't understand why they're even doing that in the nba that's silly Phoenix is giving a half point to Dallas. Dallas was favored by one. Now it's moved that Phoenix minus a half, whatever that means. The two. only benefit, the only benefit is if you want Dallas and buy it to one, I guess that's it. And I guess, do you, do you get a break on the VIG? Like I was talking about with Parlay Kid, what's the difference between taking them even or plus a half? If you take, yeah, right. If you take Dallas, it, plus make, a, it makes, it doesn't make sense. The half doesn't make sense. I don't know. 
I don't know how that. I don't know how they make did it that. It might just That's be so like a. Well, yeah, you would just take them to win. Could be like an algorithm thing where they don't know how to adjust <laughs> this thing. But Phoenix is favored by a half. Two eighteen is the over under. You know what? I think Dallas steals this game. I like Phoenix for the series. I, they may even win game four and then game five at home. But I think Dallas steals one here. But my big play, and everyone's going crazy about Luca, except um, uh, Skip Bayless, who thinks he's a terrible player. So uh, that's, that that's, gives me hope for um, this bet here. Luca triple-double. And you know what you want in a guy when you bet triple-double? You want him to play, right? You want him to play. And this guy plays. He has a league high 38.8. Yeah usage rate in the playoff that's that's league high up from regular yeah. season 36.8 it was 45 percent in the first half of game two but then they emptied their benches now that could be a problem here but i don't think so i think it'll be pretty close uh for most of the game the guy's always on the floor parlay kid he's involved in almost every offensive play i know it's been a while so maybe not great value in plus 380 it's been like march 29th was his last triple double but he's been close in all these games 45 12 and 8 24, nine and eight, uh, like a couple of weeks ago. You know, if he's ever going to go off, it's tonight. And yep. I just don't feel like going with an even odds over under here. Let's have some fun. Like Luca, 34, 13, 11. That's my uh, triple double pick plus 380. Parley kid, you think Brunson, Brunson kind of has to come alive here, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So I was thinking of going the points and I do like the Luca thing. I, Luca's hit that for me uh, at least two or three times this year, uh, at least twice on triple doubles. I've, Gotten lucky with that. I always like that. So he's always hovering around that triple double, always. And they're mm-hmm. going to need him to do it again. But here's the thing with the Mavericks, right? Now the talk really is that this team is Luka. That's all that we got. But going back to the last series, we were talking about this guy Brunson being a max contract player. Yeah. Right? right. And then somebody tweeted out something fr- funny, like uh, uh, just yesterday or the day before, saying Brunson is playing his way right to the Sacramento Kings or something mm-hmm. like that. You know? Like that's where he'll end up now with the deal yeah. from, because he just has not shown up in these first two games. And everybody says like, well, you know, the Mavericks are, you know, they just, it's all Luca, right? It's all Luca. Brunson was so good in that other series um, that he really can be that second player that Dallas needs here to start winning games. He has to step up. He had a terrible nine points, three for 12 shooting the other day. I think today... Uh, and like you're saying, with Luke with the high assist ratio, maybe getting Brunson some open shots. I'm taking Brunson over one and a half threes at plus 126. He hovers around this number a lot. He's always good for one, uh, Brunson, yeah. in many of these games. I'm just betting tonight he's going to be a little bit more active, especially from downtown with Luke getting pe- some penetration and kicking to him. So let's take the plus money here again, like you're saying, Sal. So Brunson right. at plus 126 over one and a half threes. You know, I wonder what, I like that bet, by the way. I wonder though, like Mark Cuban, let's say they lose this game, Dallas, and game four is at home, right? And they're losing by like 15. But Brunson, his worst case scenario, Mark Cuban, is Brunson goes off. Like has like 40. Then he like, kind of has to, like, oh shit, I got to give this guy. Yes. Worst case scenario yeah. is an ACL tear for Luca. But uh, what I'm saying, like, what, what do you watch in that game? Like that's what's important in a game if you're down three nothing. What are you going to do with Brunson? next uh, season, but I do right. like over one and a half threes. Uh, Brother Bri, you like Dinwiddie. Another important component. Yeah. I like this lineup. I don't think it's all Luka. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that they played well, right, without Luka against the Jazz, right, is, sure. is funny. But, um, you know, basically yep, after, game two, after game two, right, Jason Kidd 
called out. He basically called out Brunson and did what he basically said. Yeah. These guys have to play better. Right. Because they've been they've been bad. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Brunson is, unfortunately for him, he's a guy who probably needs the ball in his hands. So he's probably worse playing off the ball. He's not that great of a three point shooter per se. But, um, you know, but both of these guys, again, they struggled. I think these are the type of guys who will rebound at home right after playing poorly on the road. You know, I debated Dinwiddie over. It was 11 and a half points or one and a half threes. Uh, but I'm going to go with the threes because even though he's been playing poorly, he's still had two or more threes and four straight in five of his last six. So I think these guys are going to be more comfortable and aggressive at home. So I like, I like, you know, I do like both of these guys here over one and a half. All right, Harry, if Crowder scores 15 or more, that's a monster payout for you. Yeah, we're going to do Jay Crowder 15 points or more at six to one. Look, guys, I'm definitely taking a shot here with a six to one on the road. Like it. But, but Darren, you and I have been pushing and waiting for Crowder yep. to emerge from a shooting and scoring slump in the playoffs, and he's starting to. In the last two games versus Dallas, he's shooting over 57% from the field and has three threes in both games. Plus, he did have 15 points in game two. He does uh, he does get plenty of looks from three-point range as well. It's been 18 straight games where he's had at least four three-point attempts hmm. a game. Come on, Crowder, 15 points at 6-1. to one. You know, I'm sure they have it figured out. So six to one, he does it every seven games. But it does seem like a like a capable player like him who's involved in a lot of the offense yeah. could make five shots. That's really what you're asking him to do is five shots plus a few free throws, right? I don't know. You got five, five free throws last game, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's not bad. I like all of our picks. I normally hate them. I don't even know why we <laughs> post them, but no, I think we're uh I think we're in good shape. Hey, we got a new sponsor here. Underdog. Have I told you guys about Underdog? Yes. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. Why not talk about the NFL? The largest best ball prize pool is there, and it's only at Underdog Fantasy. $10 million in total prize money. Three prizes of a million dollars or more. It's the best place to play fantasy football this summer. Underdog. Now, listen, I tell you in the summer, why are we talking about in the summer? Well, the guy who won the best ball mania last year, seven-figure prize, drafted his team in June. Drafted in June. I think there was, you know, at this point last year, we didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to be a quarterback. Obviously, there's dollar amounts assigned to each player. So there's no time like the present to join Underdog and take your shot at a million-dollar draft. And best ball mania, just enter the contest on the Underdog website or app, draft the team, and that's it. No waivers, no trades, no in-season management Underdog. Gives you your best score each week of the season. The highest scoring drafts at the end of the season. Plus, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code CousinSal. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. What are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with promo code CousinSal today. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code CousinSal. The best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Harry, that's it. Yeah, that, That's the dream, right? Take a lineup, you set it and forget it, and then you go. You try to win seven figures. All right, we're going to show underdog some love here. I'm going to take an under. Parlay kid, you think you can handle taking a dog? You got it, Sal. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. My under, 76ers, heat, under 210. I don't know why this is so high. I know game two went over, but four of the five previous games, as I mentioned, 
did go under between these two teams. Oladipo, Caleb Martin, they put up six, seven, whatever in the previous game. They're going to go for nothing, one or two. You're not going to see Embiid, which means you're not going to see him at the free throw line, which is where Miami gets hurt defensively. I think this is a 103-100 final. Take the under. Give us our dog, Parlay Kid. Sal, let's make it for me. I've had four straight NHL plus money picks, and the Kings, the underdog Kings, at plus 125 will make it five in a row. The Kings are a solid 21-16-4 at home, and even after a shutout victory by Oilers, Oilers goaltender Mike Smith, he's still only 12-18 and 18 in his playoff career, take the home underdog LA Kings at plus 125. Two winners, an under and a dog. Couldn't be easier. Now, Kentucky Derby, very exciting. Like I said, we have Eddie Olchek on, expert on all this. He really more of a race analyst than he is uh, hockey. I don't, I don't want to uh, tag him with anything. But by the way, before we have him on and before we break down our picks, we played the other day a game uh, Babyface Joel Solomon introduces. Very fun. It's called Horse or Horse Shit. And the three of us, the three of you and me, we had to name Babyface gave us a name and we had to tell, we had to guess if it was an actual horse in the Kentucky Derby or horse shit if he was making it up. And we went like three or four rounds, right? It got exciting. Parley Kid won. There is some controversy though, because one of the names I was given was Silver Charm. I'm like, oh my God, that's a horse. I know that's a horse. I said horse. And Babyface is like, nope. That is horse shit. Well, we come to find out it was a horse that won the Kentucky Derby in 1997. What the what the hell, baby face? What are you giving me a name of a horse that was a horse and then saying horse shit? Because I, I said specifically in the rules, one of the 20 horses, I tried to throw you off because you were a, a savant. You were like Rain Man. You know these things backwards and forwards. I tried to throw mm. you off with the rules. Parlay Kid said this was okay because I said specifically one of the 20 horses in, you in, were very, you were yeah. specific about that in this race, yes. I know, but why are you? Uh, how hard is it to make up a name like, uh, <laughs> like you know, I don't know, laptop key or something? I don't know what to just say anything. Why do you make up a name that's an actual horse that adds another? Like if you say baseball <laughs> player or not, Babe Ruth, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, that's baseball. Nope, no, he's not playing today. But also, not a made-up name. I don't know. I'm All protesting right. my loss. All right. Well, then you, I guess you win. You are. No, the, I don't want to win. <laughs> I, just, I, 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 I will review it and we'll we'll check out the tape. And I'm just, I don't know how hard is it to make up a name. You have to go back, <laughs> brother Brian. You know what I'm saying here? Why add a layer to this? Yeah, I mean, I think he did say top the the current twenty horses. I know he though. said it, but then it's like, <laughs> no, I get it. If I would have done that to Harry, oh wait, if I would have done that to Harry, you would have loved it. Well, no, but everything else was like oh, true, spoons true. and forks. Okay, spoons and forks. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it a good attempt to make something the, up. The All funny right, thing is, if we did that right now, I don't know if I'd do any better today than <laughs> I know, like to. three of these. All right. <laughs> that, that's why I don't want to come off as experts here. Paula Kid, you won. You get to keep the um the nothing that we played for. So you actually you you win horse Thank or horse shit. But moving on, Saturday's race. Uh, Zandon is the favorite at three to one. Ah, these numbers jump all over the place. Epicenter seven to two. Messier right now eight to one. Mo Donegal ten to one. White Abario ten to one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Messier. Little little known fact, named after Mark Messier, the hockey player. Do you know that Eddie Spaghetti? <laughs> I just found out right now. I had no idea. Wow. Wow. Isn't that something? Can- that yeah. Can- Canadian, Canadian horse, right? Yeah. Canadian bred horse. I think only two have won before. Three? I don't know. Um, this is a Baffert horse. 
transferred Messier to Tim Yachtin. I, I normally don't like it when the horses enter the transfer portal, but whatever. I'll make an exception here. John Velasquez is on the saddle. Messi's improved his speed figure for six straight races. Now, here's what happens. Um, 90% of the winners of the Kentucky Derby has had a best buyer rating, not like best buy, but best Bayer, maybe B E Y E R rating of 93 or more. Messier's is 103 quickest in the field. I don't know a lot about horse racing. I think the fastest horse wins though. That's how I uh, play it here. Uh, and you know, he might just be behind the pace setters and get first run at them when they collapse. I just read that somewhere. I'm adding that in there. I'm going Messier around eight to one or nine to one to win this thing. Brother Bry, what do you like? Well, let me say, our buddy Joey uh, this morning gave us one of yes. his expert, uh, his friends yeah. who's like an expert picker. I think that's picker. where I read that last yeah, Well, line. he gave yeah. us Mo Donegal as the, he gave us yeah. Mo Donegal as the winner. Okay. Um, but I'm yeah. going to go, I, I, well, I should not give out winners in these races. I have not hit, I don't know the last time I hit a winner. I'll be honest. I, I don't even know if I've hit a winner in these main <laughs> races. So I'm not giving out a winner. I'm giving out a horse to show and I'm giving out Happy Jack to show. I mean, the, the fun, who's the number two horse. Um, first of all, part of this is just for, for dumbness. I mean, the fact that your son was Harry's, uh, best, I was looking at that best, too. The yeah. fact that your son was Harry's best man, it yeah. hasn't even been a week. We all witnessed the crazy craziness around Harry's wedding, right? With Brock Purdy being named Mr. Irrelevant. A couple of right. other weird things have come up within this wedding period around, around Harry. So I think happy Jack, I, you know, that, that just seems like something that could happen right now. But in all honesty, I checked and I was looking at horse positions to see how horses have done. And mm -hmm. the number two horse has actually had the most top three finishers, uh, finishers of all time. So there's a, been a lot of number two horses that have finished third here. And I think they finished top three 27 percent of the time, something like that. So, uh, yeah, give me happy Jack here. I mean, if, he, if he's 20 to one right now to to show. You'll get mm -hmm. what you'll get. All right. What would you get to show? Well, her? it depends who wins. Yeah, I know. Right? I know like, it's all part yeah. of the pool, but yeah, you know, you probably get four to one or something. Uh, no, that's a, that's going to be a good number either way to yeah. show. All right, yeah, Happy Jack. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to put a few bucks on that also for uh, for my son Jack. You didn't try to give him uh, gummy uh, weed, we, <laughs> did you, Harry? Okay, <laughs> showed some restraint. All right, Parley Kid, who's your uh, Kentucky Derby winner? Well, look, this I. Um, I'm going to go with Cyberknife, Sal, and I got a couple of reasons for this. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll go with my, um, I feel bad about something. I've mm. kind of, even the other day, and I kind of said it to somebody yesterday, I'm like, oh, Cyberknife is like, it's such a dumb name for a horse. So it got me thinking, I'm like, look, I know kind of what the Cyberknife does, so I, I have to do a little research. I researched it, <laughs> and the owner of this horse had prostate cancer. Got the cyber knife treatment oh. and is now cancer free. What an okay, asshole! So you hence are. <laughs> naming the horse Cyber Knife. So great, great name right. for the horse. Great mm -hmm. name. So that's that's number one. So I'm taking number two. In five out of Cyber Knife's six career starts, he's either coming first or second. Mm -hmm. uh, and the jockey who's riding him, Florent Giraud, has been on him. Uh, for three of those first or second place finishes, kind of have a nice little short history together. At twenty to one, Cyberknife mm. is used to he's used to winning. Let's take Cyberknife. 
I got to tell you, Paul, again, I'm exact opposite from you. I thought it was a cool name. And now that you researched it, I'm like, oh, boy, I don't know. You, <laughs> thought it was a, you thought it was a weird name. Then you researched it and you think it's like, I don't know. I don't like knowing that. I mean, would you would you do uh, stage four chemo treatment? Would you <laughs> bet on a horse like that? I don't know. I think keep keep the cancer out of the, out of the race. All right. Uh, Harry, what do you like for a uh, winner? Well, it'll cost you 12 bucks for in the dollar exact a box. Oh, here we I'm going to box the two, three, 10, and 15. Brian's right. I'm all over happy, Jack. Uh, my best man, he's he, he's very happy. He's uh -huh. Jack. I'm going with happy Jack, number two. I'm going to go with Epicenter uh, at seven to two, like you mentioned, Sal. Number three horse, the 10 horse, Sandin, at three to one. But also at fifth, the 15 horse at 10 to one, White Barrio, very underrated trainer in Safi Joseph Jr., the horse has won four of its five lifetime starts. So for a $12 bet, dollar exact box, two, three, 10, 15. Harry, I, I mean, we're trying to have, we're just, just give him one winner. What are you doing here? No I, want to make, I want to make people some real money. With well, the exact Sal, this is this is what Harry does. Because then listen, he just, Ed, oh, listen, Ed, if, it, if it loses, he just chucks, ah, come on. What was the chance of well, that, that But he also wants so, to show how smart he is. Like, oh, I'm going to box these four horses together. I know more than you. Yeah, I worked in a sports book for 14 years, and I took many exact boxes from Eddie Olchek. Many. All right, but you're giving f six horses. Like, people don't come here to four. try to figure four. out how many horses to do. They well, come here to, to get one winner and, well, and to see how Babyface rigs um, four horses. trivia contest. Well, Harry, who know. do you like out of the four of those? I like the 15. Why to borrow? All right. Why to borrow? Oh, there you go. All right. So that's it. Those are our, those are our derby picks. Do with them what you want. I like all those too. I don't know what to say. I don't know how they, uh, how they lose. But uh, hey, Fandle, biggest horse race of the year. Do it. Bet it risk-free up to $200 with TVG. That's right. New TVG players. You can get started with a risk-free bet up to $200 on your first single horse win wager that means you get up to 200 bucks back if your horse doesn't win what what kind of that's great odds that's unbelievable odds better than anything i read so far tvg app gives you all the tools you need to bet the derby you'll get access to free picks analysis and wagering advice from industry experts the derby's coming up this saturday don't miss out just sign up with promo code against all odds for your chance to bet risk-free up to 200 dollars exclusively on tvg.com and watch the TVG app. Remember, use promo code against all odds at the signup. TVG, Kentucky Derby. Let's do it. All right. Sharp Tank. We're going to do Saturday, Sunday picks only. You guys give me a pick. I'm going to uh, buy one much like Mark Cuban does on, on Shark Tank. But we're calling this Sharp Tank. Harry, start us off. All right, I'm going to take uh, the New York Rangers in game three at minus 115 over the Penguins. They dominated the Pens in a blowout in game two uh, after absolutely getting screwed in that by the refs in game one. New York, the Rangers so far, the uh, three and one straight up last four games versus Pittsburgh. This season, the Rangers have outscored Pittsburgh 19 to 10. I'm riding with Team Eddie here. We're going against Double D, Dave Damashek. I am riding with Team Eddie and taking the Rangers. Eddie, what, what time is this game Saturday? Is this a night game? Is it 4 p.m. Yeah. Uh, West Coast? Yeah, I think so, it yes. Is? What are you going to do? You're going to have to skip seeing a movie. Uh, I'll be actually at the Pearl Jam concert, so I'm going to watch that at the forum before the show starts. Oh, right, right. This was the big one. All right. All right. Pearl Jam and the Rangers. 
Two loves. Uh, I, can't, I right. can't back Eddie. I can't back Eddie with Pearl Jam though. I can't back him. Whatever. Come on. What? Right when Pearl sh- Jam. Da- they like Daughtry. It's the same as Daughtry. Meanwhile, he's got Daughtry. Daughtry is way better than he, Eddie. He's got Bon Jovi playing at his wedding. Meanwhile, Jeez. <laughs> right when this show's done, I'm heading over to the forum to pick up my merch before the concert starts. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. Is that what happened? Oh yeah, one o'clock merch tent. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know. What about the guy from uh, American Idol, Harry? What if, you know, what if he's saying uh, Jeremy or something? Would he nah. be over the moon? Not really. No. He was terrible last week, too, so he's no good. He I'm didn't do good? Uh, sounded terrible. That's too bad. That's Harry's <laughs> pick to win. What's his name? Guardino? Christian uh, something. Yeah, something yeah. something Italian. All right. There you go. Something Italian. All right. Uh, Brother Bri, what is your sharp tank tick? Well, I am going with a boxing... Uh, UFC parlay. So I'm going to go with Canelo and Rose Nama Yunus um, at minus 125, both to win. Um, mm. So the, I, I have a feeling I'm going to put a ton on this parlay. I, I, lo- <laughs> I love both of them. The only thing I will say, so Canelo's, Canelo's moving up, right? He's fighting in uh, championship at, at light heavyweight here against Bevel, who's actually a pretty good fighter. He has, he's got some, some decent wins, but the only thing I will say about him is he doesn't carry a lot of power. So I think, Mm-hmm. Against Canelo, Canelo's not going to necessarily be scared of him. He's going to have the edge, and you know he's just going to be too smart, too technical, a little bit too fast. So I really like him there, even though he's a pretty sizable favorite. And then Thug Rose, my favorite uh, UFC fighter, she's been dominant now pretty much for like six years. Her only her only loss was when she got thrown on her head against Andrade, yep. which was kind of like a freak thing. Now she's it's a rematch against Esparza, uh, and I know Parley Kid likes going against these. Uh, you know, she lost as far as eight years ago. So that that fight, you can throw out the window. Uh, mm-hmm. Thug Rose has gotten so much better over that time. As far as is a great wrestler, but it, was that eight years ago? Eight, God. eight years ago. So I remember that. One. But Rose is going to have a significant advantage on her feet and even her ground game defense. Like she's just so well-rounded where as far as is really, for the most part, going to be wrestling. So um, I like Rose huge in that one. So the two of them together, minus 125. Mm. All right. What do we like? Well, maybe Parley Kid is taking it, so I don't want to step on it. What, well, what's your uh, Sharp Tank pick? Bro? I'm taking. I'm going UFC here at South Two, and I'm going right. with a guy. This is a great fight, and um, you know my heart uh, would root for Gaith G here uh, mm-hmm. in this fight, but my head is saying Oliveira. If you watched him his last few fights, he's just simply is just too well rounded right mm-hmm. now, and he's at the prime of his game. Uh, so I'm gonna, but what I'm gonna really here roll the dice on and. When he fought Alvera against uh, Poirier, submitted Poirier in the third round, I'm looking at the same kind of result here in this fight. I think Oliveira is going to uh, maybe not want to fully engage in a, a stand-up fist fight right away uh, with Gaethje here. I think he is going to um, you know kind of feel him out for a round before uh, he gets real serious, maybe wear uh, Gaethje down a little bit. Uh, so I'm looking for a, a later submission here in this fight oh. in rounds three, four, or five at plus 700 for Oliveira. Mm. So submission in rounds three, four, or five. You can find it on Fandle at plus 700. I think uh, Justin is going to be very game here. And this guy's a brawler. Uh, I wish he would wrestle more. I think this is the type of fight I, I think he should break out his wrestling more, but he normally doesn't. Uh, but Oliveira's pretty good there too, but... Uh, he's Oliveira, I think in two of his last four wins, he's won by submission in round three. So 
I'll go uh, submission huh. at plus 700. So I, I like this one. And no, I've been like very, it. my it's UFC picks have been on point. The last, my last four or five of them right. uh, after some disastrous ones. So uh, I, I like Oliveira. He, he's he's fantastic. This is a great fight, though. It's a great, great. Well, fight. I'm trying to think. What is it? Just by just by submission, he's plus one thirty five, right? So you're taking three of the five rounds there and getting seven to one. That's pretty good. The problem is, rooting wise, you just don't ever want it to go to the mat, right? In the first two rounds, you, you need them both on yeah, their feet. That's well, when you start getting scared. Well, right? I, and I yeah. think I think in the first round it stays on its feet, right? That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I think on the first round. It's going to so stay on he its survives feet. The second so I round. feel like I got to yeah. get through the second round. Mm-hmm. And that, now I'm really liking my uh, odds even better right. at that point. All right. Uh, uh, Mikey Meatballs, jump in here. You're the UFC expert. Who wins this fight? Uh, I, I think it's closer than people think. Um, I do like the Oliver by submission picked on 345. <laughs> you don't have to say it. No, I do, I do like that one. But I really like to say it. I think Rose is the big one. I think where the Bryce Barley is uh, money right good, there. See, here's the thing. I'm, 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 I'll probably go because I'm dying to parlay something with, uh, with uh, Canelo, who's what minus five fifty around there, Bry. I don't know. Maybe it went up. Maybe a little bit a little less. Bit. It might be a little bit less. Brian's uh, definitely going to have Oliveira. Minus four ninety. He's going to have Oliveira. Yeah, I like I like Oliveira. Oliveira well, is me, another one of my favorite so fighters. Though. Maybe I'll win money on this and then double it and lose it on Oliveira. I'll, we'll figure it out. But this comes earlier. I'll probably yes. parlay Canelo with like Luca fifteen plus points tonight or something stupid, right? And just oh, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. get any odds. But you know, Brian, <laughs> I'll go with you. Canelo and right. Rose right. uh, minus one twenty five. Parlay. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like, uh, I'll tell you what, I think we put together a nice uh, little assortment of picks here. We did it with our nice. NBA. Um, we'll have a graphic up, but with our props and our sides and our totals, our derby picks, Sharp Tank is all good. We're going to take a break. Talk to hockey racing expert Eddie Olchek. Be right back. All right, let's bring in our guest. You know, no one breaks down hockey and horses like this guy from the (laughs) rink to the races. He's got it covered. NHL legend, TNT, NBC Derby, lead handicapper, and our pal, Eddie Olchek, is here. What's happening, Eddie? Well, how are you, buddy? Nice to be with you. And what a a great time of year, as I like to say, pucks and ponies, uh, nothing better. We got hockey tonight. I'm in New York tonight for Rangers and Penguins game two. Hopefully it's not triple overtime, just for the record. Okay, I'm going to be a little can I be can I be selfish here to start? I don't want any triple <laughs> overtime tonight. Maybe maybe one overtime would be okay because of the theater. And then I'm going to head to Louisville for the uh, for the Derby on Saturday on NBC. So I'm looking forward to it. It's so funny. Well, first of all, I mean to not to my knowledge, no horses have been um, asked to wear skates. But I mean, really, that's the next <laughs> step for you. I mean, you're an expert in, uh, in both these and this is your week. But I do want to talk about that real quick. We're uh, yeah. recording this ahead of time before game two. It's so funny because um, the players don't seem to like the triple quadruple overtimes. The coaches, the analysts don't seem to like it. The fans love it. It's a weird thing, yeah. right? Yeah, it it is. It's, it's uh, you know, I think the, the lasting effect is, is the unknown, right? Like the, I played in a bunch of double overtime games. I never got to any triple overtime games as a player mm-hmm. as a broadcaster. I've done four and five overtime games, which is just really, it's, it's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Now I, I will say this is that I don't want to see extra inning baseball where we put somebody on second base and do that. I, I don't want to do that in hockey, but I would say, I would say, and I've been, 
a big proponent of this is that why don't we just keep the overtime period the longest away from your defensive zone from your bench? So keep it where your goaltender is the farthest away from your bench so that the changes become much more harder. They Uh. become much more challenging so that the opportunity for an odd man situation or for a bad change, or maybe you get another opportunity maybe to do it. So just keep everybody at the same end all the time. I think that that the numbers would tell me that like in, like in the second period, right in a normal game, the first and third period, you're protecting your zone closest to your bench. Second period, sometimes it becomes a little bit more uh, challenging to defend. And I think Mm -hmm. once you get to overtime, especially in a playoffs, it is about the product. Look at, we've had this argument with football, right? Like talk to Kansas city and Buffalo in the national football league with the playoffs this year, right? Like everybody's trying to get it right. But for me, I would, I would, I would like to see that happen. And I think that games wouldn't go as long just because of the challenging aspect of how far your bench is away from your goaltender and defensive zone. I like that. That's a minor tweak. And to the eye, probably most people watching couldn't even tell what what the difference is, but I think you're right. It would shorten it a little bit. I mean, no one wants to see shootouts, Um, I wonder four, uh, you like the four on four. I do like the four on four, but I'm not in the playoff hockey. Absolutely. not. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. I think the look at, I think the league, the league has done wonders here over the course of the last 15 years with rules and changes Mm -hmm. and and whatever. And like, it's, it's a minor thing, but again, I think when you, when you really look at it being a, an old school guy, you sit there and go, okay, maybe there is a way to, to, to have closure in the right way, but let's make sure that these athletes are able to recuperate and our fans are being able to, to see, you know, to see the best product, not only that night, but then also for the games moving forward. I have to say, I think you'll uh, appreciate this as a, as a risk taker here. Um, so many years ago, I was at Jimmy Kimmel live. I was writing and I had the office and I, I saw a prop that no playoff game. This is the day the playoffs were, were starting. Uh, no playoff game will go to triple overtime. And I, we got pretty good odds on it. And I was like, how much oh. money do you guys want to make? They're like, well, what are the odds? I'm like, don't ask me the odds. Just tell me how Doesn't much matter. you want to make. 100, 200, 500. I had everyone bet. I'm like, we're betting that no game goes to triple overtime. Wouldn't you know the very first day, I believe yeah. it was Caps Leafs triple overtime. They're like, what the <laughs> hell? Well, I was like, I'm sorry. I had no I, idea. I, I, I would have said, okay, I'll I'll take it all. I'll guarantee you that we'll have more than one game that goes to triple overtime. <laughs> really? <It's> just... <laughs> is there is there a reason for that? That we, we see it more in the play? I mean, I guess I guess um, the so, reason is that we we see uh shootouts in the regular yeah, season. Right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and look at sometimes, sometimes in overtime hockey, sometimes. I mean, the game the other night mm-hmm. here in New York was not this way. But at times, yeah. sometimes it becomes a volley type of game like in tennis, where it's just baseline back and forth, back and forth. The next thing right. you know, you're sitting with eight minutes left to go in the overtime. You're like, nobody's going to ever score here. And the next thing you know, Malkin scores in game one and uh, and they win the game. So uh, I I would say I would go the other way. If, there, if there's if there's a wager out there somewhere, will there be another triple overtime game? I would sign up right now. Take the yes. Okay. You know, we have a producer, Eddie Spaghetti, big Ranger fans, convinced <laughs> the Penguins and Sidney Crosby get more calls go their way than anyone else. That how do you feel about that? No, definitely not. <laughs> Come on, Eddie Spaghetti, you're smarter than that. Especially He's a guy not. named He's not especially, especially a guy by that is referred to as Eddie. Uh, <laughs> right. I played for the I played for the Rangers, was a part yeah. a very small part of the team that won the cup in in New York in nineteen ninety four. I spent eight or nine years of my life in Pittsburgh as a coach, as a broadcaster, as a player, like it, 
all good, all good players get calls. I don't care where they are. I don't care what sport it is. For the most part, they get mm-hmm. calls. Some people may look at it again. How do you look at the glass? But no, absolutely not. I don't think that there's any favoritism or anything like that. I mean, there's could have the other night. I remember Panarin Panarin could have uh, gotten a penalty there, but the referee just, you know, he kept his arm down and he didn't put him in the penalty box or whatever. So I would totally disagree with Eddie Spaghetti. I do like spaghetti and I'm a little disappointed. In Eddie. <laughs> we're all disappointed. Shame on you, Spaghetti. <laughs> Don't say that out loud anymore. Hey, you did win the cup famously uh, for the Rangers. What did you do with the cup the day you had it? Yeah, everybody gets it for a day, right? Yeah. Um, well, being a horse guy, I uh, had a private party at the Meadowlands racetrack over in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> and then on, uh, on July 1st, I believe of 1994, I went to Belmont Park and got a chance to take a picture with the Kentucky Derby winner in 1994, Gopher Gin and New York trainer, Nick Zito. And mm-hmm. then we put the uh, Stanley Cup at the finish line at Belmont Park on a Friday afternoon. And people made donations to the uh, Horseman's Benevolent Fund. I think we raised over, I think, eighteen thousand dollars for the uh, for the fund, and uh, it was uh, it was surreal because I think we had about eighteen thousand people that came to the racetrack that day and took pictures wow. with the Stanley Cup. So it is a there aren't many things in life that can stop traffic, but I saw in nineteen ninety four, especially in this city. Uh, Mm -hmm. I saw the Stanley Cup stop traffic numerous times when either we were taking it out of a car and uh, getting ready to go into a restaurant and we put it on the hood of the car and people just absolutely stopped in their cars, came out, came and touched it. I mean, you talk about a magnet, uh, the greatest trophy in all professional sports, in my opinion, is a magnet. So uh, I spent it at the racetrack, not surprised, and uh, it was something I'll never forget. I really, it really is. I, I love that you intertwined your fascination with horse racing with the stand. Did you yeah. drink like a gallon of mint juleps out of the Stanley cup? <laughs> yeah. No, you're talking to somebody that uh, chose a long, long time ago to, uh, to go the opposite of being a drinker. So Good for uh, you. <laughs> all, all we did was uh, celebrate it. And uh, actually I think go for gin. Actually, there's a, there's a, I want to say a famous picture, but I think it's famous because I'm in it. There's right. a famous picture of Gopher Jin and myself. Um, uh, he, he looks like he's eating out of the Stanley Cup, but we did a little bait and switch where we put some oats and some uh, peppermint, I think, and some uh, some carrots oh. in the inside the cup. And then we took it out, and then we went over and we showed him the inside of the tin of the cup, and all of a sudden he put his nose right in there and looked like he was eating out of the Stanley Cup. So, oh, great. And I, will, and, and I will say this, though, Sal, yeah. is that um, – I know for a fact that there have been a lot worse things than a horse's nose and tongue inside the Stanley Cup. Okay. Yeah, I think there's like a book out on it, or if there's yeah. not, there should be. Maybe we should oh, do it. Yeah. By, by the way, that would be a great documentary, just the yeah. same. Yeah, for, yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, so, that's, uh, so that's who was drinking out of the cup and uh, eating out of the cup instead of uh, yours truly. So. That's awesome. All right, before we switch to the big race, I, I want to get your pick for Stanley Cup finals. Uh, what was yeah. it? you know, a, a month ago. And are you sticking with uh, that pick? Yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought Colorado and Carolina at the start of the year, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of fell in love with the way that Florida was playing uh, as the season went on. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, you know, they had a tough game one against Washington, but you know, look at, I think Colorado is the team to beat uh, their, uh, yeah, they have a little bit of everything, right? They've got the goal scoring, they got the speed. I think they've got the toughness, they got the D. And then, uh, you know, I think the goaltending is good enough. That's probably the only thing I'm going to have a little question mark is can Darcy Kemper get the job done in Colorado? But um, I feel pretty comfortable in staying on that path. And, and you know, but look at 
as you know, playoff hockey is so unpredictable. I mean, look I me, mean, Tampa, I mean, Tampa yeah. has an awful game one. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden they come back and look like the two the defending back-to-back Stanley cup champions and really handle Toronto quite easily in game two. So um, I wouldn't put it by Tampa to, to make a run, but I think, you know, Carolina is a, you know, I don't want to say an under the radar team, but they're a team that uh, I think is, uh, is built to play playoff hockey. And the guy that actually built that mm-hmm. uh, is the great Ronnie Francis uh, hall of famer and who now is in charge of the Seattle Kraken out there. Right. He got dismissed a couple of years ago and a lot of this roster and I'm going to say probably a high 70 percentile of this roster uh, was built by Ronnie Francis. And oh, by the way, I got a little blood in the game there. Uh, his assistant general manager at that time in Carolina happened to be my middle brother, Ricky. So I'll give him a little bit of love on that, too. Oh, I love it. All right. <laughs> Ricky and Ronnie. Good job by you. Uh, so Carolina, Colorado, if you want to put that in, you get plus 780 uh, as a, a cup final there. I'm trying to think if you switch it to Tampa, Colorado, get plus 1220. Yeah. That seems not like bad. A, not bad. Yeah. Good value either way. They're a good value. I can, you look at yeah, I, Tampa. I mean, until somebody beats them, right. Um, right. They, they, they've done it. They've proven it. And, uh, uh, they're, they're should be a hell of a, should be a hell of a series here. The next five games, I would assume it's going to go the distance with Toronto. That'll be a fun one. All right, so let's do it. Let's switch from pucks to ponies. Kentucky Derby. No Bob Baffert this year. By the way, that, that would be a good, like a like a Manning cast, but for horse racing, we get to sit with Bob Baffert and watch the race. He'd very, yeah. I imagine he'd be very bitter. I don't know. Does he yeah. even watch? Do you even watch if you're Bob Baffert? Uh, I'm sure it's probably very difficult and uh, very frustrating and, uh, you know, wondering where all the, cons- where the, you know, why there's a lack of consistency in the game of horse racing. And looks now, you know, this. I, I'm, I'm as big as a fan and proponent of, of the game of horse racing, the business, mm-hmm. the sport, uh, until we and horse racing get a commissioner of some sort and the racetracks come together, uh, we're going to have situations like this arise. And we need, we need, we need to have somebody at the helm to take the, 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 the horses, you know, by the tail and, 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 and get it to, where these mm-hmm. other major sports leagues are. I mean, we do not have any, you know, we do not have anybody in place. Everybody has their own rules. All the States have their own rules. You have mm-hmm. some, you know, you have some situations where, where people, uh, um, you know, get suspended and, and then they appeal and then they keep appealing and then they keep working and riding and training for a year after the time. I mean, so there's just so many things. And Bob Baffert just happens to be somebody that is, I think caught up in the crosshairs here. And look at full disclosure, his horse failed, a drug test, he mm-hmm. should be held accountable and he is being held accountable. But I think the one thing that happened in particular uh, with, uh, with with this horse that won the Kentucky Derby last year is that when they found out that there, there was a, a, uh, a positive test, the, I, I think the, let me, let me figure out how I want to say this. I think the perception was, is that the, uh, the, the drug that was inside of the horse that got disqualified mm-hmm. was an illegal drug. The fact of the matter is it was not, it is a drug that is allowed in horse racing, but the amount is what was the issue. And that falls on Bob's hand. There's no question. He, he should be punished and he is being punished and severely punished. But again, you, you look back at horse racing and what has happened in, in trainers and in certain situations, talking about the medication of horses, um, there has to be more consistency in our game and uh, long winded. I'm sure it's probably uh, it's probably 
very, it, it's got to be very difficult for Bob to see a lot of his horses that will be competing in the Kentucky Derby. He has two, he, he had two of these horses in Messier and Taba uh, that are under now the, uh, the guidance mm-hmm. of Tim Yakin, another trainer. So um, I'm sure it'd probably be very difficult. And uh, I put myself in that situation. I know when I retired from playing, it was really hard for me to watch. And again, different story. I understand that. But mm-hmm. it, it was very emotional and very hard to uh, to watch hockey the first little while after I retired because there's that part of you that goes, ah, I could still do this. You know, there's every once in a while, right. even some 20 some years later, 22 years later since I retired, Sal, where you wake up and you go, man, oh man, I think I could probably play a shift. And then I sit there and go, no, nah, I know I couldn't play a shift. <laughs> I have no chance of doing it. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. So he had two horses that he trained that are in the Derby. Yeah. Um, do you think, uh, you know, Bob Batford, is he rooting for those horses? Cause if they win, yeah. I guess he could say, well, those are my horses. That's why yeah. they're winners. Yeah. But yeah. if yeah. they, or he could say, oh man, that would, that should have been me. He might've been upset. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at, here's a guy that's won the triple crown twice. So I mean, you know, like yeah. he's, you know, I think he's in a good spot, but I, I look at, I think, you know, there, there is merit there to, Hey, I, I assisted and I helped. And just considering mm-hmm. the climate that we are, as far as, uh, uh, where this is all legally, um, you know, Tim Yak team will get the credit and, and rightfully so. But Bob was the guy that nurtured these two horses. I look at, look at, I mean, Taba is a horse that's only run twice. And now he's coming into his third race. So he won the Santa Anita Derby in a second career race. I look at that as a hot, as a horse racing guy and a handicapper. Sal is that I think there's probably an opportunity for him to regress. So I don't think that his, I don't think that he can run back to that same race again at the Derby. Uh, and mm-hmm. as far as Messier, uh, the equine athlete, not my former teammate, right. um, the, the four legged, the four legged athlete, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he can go the mile and a quarter. I'm a little concerned on the distance aspect of it, but he's going to be involved in the race er- early. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So I think the faster the goal, the better for the horses that I like on, uh, on Saturday. I think your time's coming. If there's a Messier, there's got to be a, an old check coming. There is a horse, actually, right? you know what? There is. There is an old check that was named about seven or eight weeks ago. Wesley Ward is the trainer. Really? Yeah. And uh, all I'll say is, uh, hopefully, uh, the equine athlete old check is uh, <laughs> a little faster than the uh, the, the human uh, athlete. And uh, again, the the only thing that I think that uh, hopefully hopefully the only thing that we have in common. Is that mm-hmm. we're both geldings. That's it. That's the only thing gotcha. we have in common. <laughs> right. Yes. They've said that a lot about you. I understand. Uh, well, th- I mean, there must have been an Eddie O, uh, probably five Eddie O horses, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one. He was, he was yeah, not very good. He, he was given rides out here at Central Park <laughs> about two weeks after he started racing because he wasn't very good. So, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, there's, uh, you know, I go by Edzo too. So I don't know if there's an Edzo out there or not, but I'm just hoping that this one maybe is. Uh, Maybe this one will end up, uh, and again, I have no ownership or any affiliation. I just happen to be the uh, the namesake right. uh, with old check, the uh, two-year-old gelding. All right, so let's get started. So with the favorites, I guess Epicenter and Xander, yeah. I, I, the numbers are jumping around here, but those yeah, are yeah, the two yeah. favorites. Yeah, those, and are and I guess the, those are the three and the ten. Yeah, that's the three Epicenter yep. and the ten, and the ten is Andon. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So if you have to pick a winner, is it one of those two? Do you go a little longer shot with uh, Messier? I'm not going to use Messier. I, I'm not. He's the six horse. I, I'm going to, okay. I, I, I think the three horse epicenter is the horse to beat. I'm a little surprised that he, he would have been my morning line favorite. Zandon mm-hmm. is the favorite, the 10 horse, but I think epicenter has proven that he can be very tactical. He can be very close to the lead. He can come off of the pace. 
Uh, Joel Rosario is one of the top pilots. And then you have Steve Asmussen, who's leading uh, trainer in, in North American history as far as wins. I think Epicenter is the horse to beat. You're probably getting three to one, seven to two, maybe in that range. If that horse happens to go to four to one Epicenter, it'd be hard for me not to bet him. I don't know if I'm going to pick him on the air because I don't know if I want to pick uh, the second favorite, but he's the horse to beat. I will say this. I've been on the I've been on the bandwagon, Sal, of the number one horse, Mo Donegal, since the end of January, early February. I've got a couple of future wagers on Mo oh. Donegal at north of 30 to 1, and I got a couple in the 25 to 28, the 28 to 1 range. He's not going to be anywhere near that price. So I'm sitting there going, Well, do I really want to bet him at the Derby when he's 13 to 1, 14 to 1? I don't know if I'll bet him to win, but I'll probably bet him in some of my exotics and my exactas and my tries and my supers. So everything mm-hmm. I do on Saturday is going to be based around the one horse mode Donegal. Now, just to go a little inside horse racing for everybody. Three years ago, they it used to be when you have a 20 horse field at the Kentucky Derby, there would be two starting gates. There would be one for 14, it'd be an auxiliary gate, and then you have the other six. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of years, now they have just one gate. So if you just paint a picture at looking at, you know, maybe like runners at the Olympics are going to run a hundred yard dash straight ahead. The one horse back in the day, the rail, the way it is starting gate is way in the back. So the one post position would be actually inside where he'd have to break and then get out because he'd be run into the final turn fence. I gotcha. So now they've moved it over almost 50 some feet. So now when he looks straight ahead, he sees just track. You don't have to sit there and maneuver and try to move over 25 or 30 feet if you're not a really fast horse. So mm-hmm. we haven't had a winner of the Kentucky Derby, Sal, out of post position number one since. We're going back to Bill Shoemaker and Ferdinand back in the mid-80s. I think it was wow. 86 or 88. Don't quote me. It's somewhere in there. But we haven't had a winner come from post position number one since then. But I so- think Mo Donegal, I think Mo Donegal, uh, he he likes being inside horses. He doesn't mind getting the dirt in his face. And with 20 horses, he's going to get a lot of dirt in his face. But I think he's got one of the top jockeys in the world. And I read Ortiz Jr. on him. He's, it's going to take a lot. He's going to, I'm going to use a hockey phrase here. He's going to have to stick handle his way through traffic. And if he can, mm-hmm. I think he's bred to go the mile and a quarter. He won the wood in New York a couple of weeks ago. So um, I'm probably going to go uh, to the one horse, uh, Mo Donegal. Looks like the weather's going to be good, but all of my wagers are going to be based around the one and three horse on Saturday. So you, you're saying the one horse should line up by the opposing bench so they could uh, take a look at line shifts and line changes. Uh, I'm mixing, I'm mixing conversations here. I don't know. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a way to go Mo Donegal uh, parlayed with Carolina and Colorado. And this is going to be the Eddie O special. And I, I don't even know how many, a hundred to one we would get on that. Um, Something like I don't that. know if you're going to get a hundred to one on that, but I think you'll probably get, if I just do really quick math here, if I think seven, I mean, it's I eight think to prob- one plus I think, the no, horse. No, no, I think you're probably yeah. getting, I don't think you're getting any more than 40. I don't think you're getting any more than 48 to one. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's but no still, that's not, I mean, what, what, what I mean, am I, what am I going to do with 48 to one? What am I going to do? Well, okay, that's great. Okay, well, here, then, then bet, a, bet, a, bet a thousand and then, and then yeah. you'll know what you're going to do with it. Oh, I see. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even realize that I could do that. <laughs> Eddie, thanks so much. It's great. Eddie, you have a charity you want to shout out? I will uh, donate it to it as soon as we, we hang up. Uh, well, you know, Sal, I know I appreciate that. Look at, you know, I'm a stage three colon cancer yep. uh, survivor and uh, I can't believe 
if I can, I'm, I'm going on my five-year anniversary coming up on August the 4th at 7.07 p.m. coming up. Oh, that's five great. years since I was diagnosed, and uh, I'm very lucky to be here, and uh, thank you for your time. And so any mm-hmm. uh, any uh, colon cancer uh, research would be uh, greatly appreciated. Thank you. All right. There you go. Eddie Olchek, inspiration to all of us, NHL legend. Like I said, you can check him out on NBC and the Derby. Check him out on TNT for hockey. Thanks so much for coming on, pal. See you, Sal. Be well. Stay safe. All right, buddy. Thank you. You too now. All right. He's great. I'd love to have him on every week. I don't think he wants to be bothered with us, but, uh, and as spaghetti, he did say you're being ridiculous about game one, at least about the, uh, the treatment of the penguins and the, how they get the break. I mean, so the proof is in the pudding. Just watch what's going on the last two games. Tell me why Sidney Crosby <laughs> could jab guys with the stick after the whistle and not get called anything. Why is the power play so lopsided? I mean, it just makes you think whenever the, the team with the bird in their chest is playing, always uh, fagazi stuff goes on. I love this. I need this to go. Uh, like I said, I want it to go like 33 games. But if it goes five games, the next day we do extra points is third for the very next day. And if it goes seven games, we just can't have it go six. Because I think that's a Saturday game, and then we get lost. The emotion gets lost here. But Spaghetti, I think you're ready. You and Sheck go toe-to-toe. Boy, it was so tense. So tense yesterday. I was like, Scott Holmes, the Grizz, is like, boy, what what kind of culture have you created here? But I think it's fun. I like it. I like the whole thing. Bri, you know what's fun? WNBA starting up. I don't think they ended their last season, but they're just like, you know what? Let's start another one. Um, no, what's going on? It starts tonight. It starts right? tonight. Yeah, it's funny. It really does seem like it just ended. And uh, I think, yeah. la- again, we said last year, just kind of between the Olympics and it just started, like I think with COVID, they just kind of had a little bit of a, you know, it kind of was a delay anyway. So, yeah, it is funny how quickly it's starting back up. Yeah. All right. So give us a winner. Uh, have you looked at it? It's a very, it's a messed up year. Not knowing if Brittany well, Griner is going to make well, it Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the Mercury anyway, even though I do like that. I mean, getting Tina Charles, one of the best WNBA players out there too. So they added another one to the roster. I do think it's a four team race between the storm sun sky and aces like everybody else does um, because those mm. teams pretty much just got better. So I'm going to say the storm, you know, I gave out the storm two years ago. I probably gave them out last year, but I also did give out the sky last year. I think at like eight to one who won it, but I'm going to say the storm again, win it at uh five to one. Um, I think last year they had a chance of winning the whole thing too, but Brianna Stewart had just gotten injured right before, uh, you know, or right. Uh, I'm trying to think of his last game right before the, the playoffs had started. So they, they added Brianne January who played a big role for the sun last season. It's Sue birds last season. Um, so I think, you know, with Brianna Stewart, she, oh, I mean, between college and, and, and WNBA, I mean, she's just a winning player. So mm. I do like them at five to one. The fact that you're getting them at the fourth, um, uh, fourth worst odds, I guess there. Right. Um, but I will say my big bet, they also offer some other things. They also have some MVP they just put out today and some other things. My big bet was Dallas wings to make the playoffs at plus 200. They made the playoffs last year. They were the youngest, youngest team in the WNBA last season. Uh, they added some nice pieces. They have some players back who missed half of the season. So, at you know, you can scroll down this list. You have like, I think nine teams are like minus money. And then you have the three other teams wow. are plus money. Eight teams make the playoffs. I mean, I think, again, you can lock in four or five of these teams. I think Minnesota is down a little bit this year. But I really like Minnesota. The fact you get them two to one, I, that would be my big bet for uh, the WNBA season. Did you say Dallas or Minnesota? Uh, Dallas Wings to make the playoffs. Minnesota, I think, is going to be worse this year because they also. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Dallas Wings two to one. All right. Let's bet Dallas, yeah. Parley Kid. You'll give us a little, uh, you know, 
well, what our appetite there for the real Dallas coming mm. up in a few months? Yeah. Dallas yeah. wings two to one. There you go. And that's not it for women's sports. We got a, a buddy, Sean Nahas, doing great things. Is that Saturday? Is that on TV? Yeah, so that's um, the NWSL Challenge Cup. He's in the finals uh, tomorrow, I think, 1 o'clock on CBS. He coaches uh, which North, he coach? uh, North Carolina Courage. Yeah, there you go. Heck yeah. John Glenn, John Glenn High School, class of 1996. Right? Is that right? Uh, ni- class yeah. of 96? Cl- uh, graduate cl- class Nahas. of 96. Yeah, it's a big, Do good guy. Good guy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Maybe Harry could load up his players with gummies before, <laughs> before the big game. I his, don't brother, know. His, bro- his brother's a little shady, though. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Damon? You don't even know Damon. <laughs> I know the other one. There you go. All right. You have anything to say, Babyface? You have anything to add? No, this is uh, it's a big weekend. I'm, I'm going to play Harry's exact box. It's, I think he based it off his favorite value meals at McDonald's, those numbers. He- <laughs> <laughs> One, four, 11, and 12. What, did he, what is it? No. <laughs> all right. Only we'll the have, double quarter pounder with cheese, Joel. We'll have That's graphics it. up for all of those. Uh, Spaghetti, you have an update here with this UFC. This could actually play into uh, a lot of what we just talked about. Yeah, just saw this come across on Twitter. I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but I imagine if uh, Olivier does not make weight, and he, that means he can't fight, and that would lead to a uh, number of problems for those either wanting to bet on this fight or watch it because it seems like oh, Gaethje no. is the only what one. What do you say? He has like three minutes to make weight or something? Uh, right now, about so, yeah. And then he would vacate the title, and only Gaethje is eligible to win it. Oh, no. You got to fix the scale like the parlay <laughs> kid used to do. I don't know. His his purse will get hurt, but but you know. Uh, oh, is that what? I, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he'll then just it, it'll that, be yeah. a belt issue, but they'll still okay. they should still fight. I mean, all right. Half, all right. Well, I have to say, I have to say, I'm reading this right now too, real quickly. I could be wrong, but I'll. He's got one hour to cut half a pound. I mean, come on. He does that, now. He's, okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever he was, he was a half pound over. He has an hour to lose a half pound. We know how this goes. I mean, come on. He that's, had that's, an that's hour. He work. has an hour. What's the five he, he minutes? He has part? an hour. Yeah. He has an hour after his first attempt. I guess. Oh, I see. You have then get I an hour. So right. we know that shit for those guys. But the problem is, if, if he's had a, if he's been has a uh, a late weight cut here in this camp, mm-hmm. that that really could mess up my pick. But my pick is my pick. It's, what's, right. it's what it is. There you go. I'm going with Sean Nahas's team. That's my best yes. bet of the weekend. All right. Courage. Well, I courage, will say, baby, I will courage. say you should be able to bet them. That's one of the annoying things right now, right? Like I can't really? bet. Yeah. You can't bet a women's professional soccer. That's something that has to be fixed. For sure. sure. Of for course. Sure. All right. This was a great hour. It's a fun week. I want to thank Eddie Olchek. That's another episode of Against the Lots for Eddie Olchek, for Spaghetti and Meatballs, for Babyface Joel Solomon, and the Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na. Na 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 na